Kia ora, I'm Jen. And I'm Sophie. Welcome to A TARDIS of One's Own. A queer feminist journey through time and space and new who. Welcome to another week of nonsense. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so much nonsense. I don't know why it feels like, I said this to you yesterday, but big December energy, big December energy. Like, I'm checked out. I cannot, how am I going to get to another three months of this? No idea. And I feel like it's not just us. No. Um, everybody's like this. Everyone's fucking over it. So like, productivity, motivation low. Demand quite high. Demand quite high, <laughs> but also like giving a fuck level. Zero. The fucking floor. <laughs> so I'm just the like, bar is don't fucking out. talk to me, anybody. <laughs> Like, I, yeah. Yeah, so uh, a heady brew. Yeah, stop uh, giving us work, okay? It's enough now. Like, essentially, right? Time out. Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right, well, on that note, what anything been pissing you off in particular this week? Mm, a manager at work mm. who I feel like it's the classic thing of, like, they are in, it's a guy. He is in a time-pressured urgency situation, and so then that has meant that that energy and that urgency is then immediately pushed on everyone else Mm -hmm. with no recognition of like, hey, maybe I need to check what I'm doing and like change things or like rather than being like, no, like this is like mania and hecticness that's just getting fucking trickled on everyone. Yeah, headless chicken energy, hi. Yeah, 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 exactly. And like lack of awareness there around like how am I impacting people? How am I impacting my space? In a way that's just like, no, I need to get this done. So like fucking bulldoze it. Like energy wise, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it's quite a fucking shitty mood. So that's it, been yeah. annoying me. It's exhausting. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. And and the tiredness thing. I think and we mentioned this before. Daylight savings in New Zealand on the weekend. We, we lost an hour <laughs> of our lovely long weekend. R.I.P. Your Majesty. And uh, yeah, it's fucked me up. Like, yeah, I can't imagine like having like children or you know something that you then have to tend to whilst being yeah my dog was never keen on the daylight saving she would always stand at her bowl at the uh, time that she expected to get dinner and i'm like well it's now not six o'clock and she's like well my stomach says it's six o'clock so i'm <laughs> very sorry great. to hear about your problems <laughs> okay well that's actually fascinating mm. um but yeah no overall great like long weekend was lovely so and i'm about to have another one because it's my birthday happy birthday thank you Send um, us an email for Sophie's birthday. Oh my god, please send me an email. Someone, <laughs> anyone. Um, yeah, yeah, no, so how has your week been? How, two oh, weeks since we last recorded. So. Yeah, so we've gone to a fortnightly publishing schedule just for consistency's sake. It's going to be easier for us to like manage that publishing schedule and make sure that you always know when episodes are coming out. So it's not like, oh, is there one this week? No, there isn't. So yeah. This is what we're doing. Um, yeah, no, it's. I'm very frantic. I feel very out of control in my life. I'm not sure why. I had a friend staying, which was lovely. And for like four or five days, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm on actual holiday. It was so nice. It felt like I hadn't been at work in ages. And then I came back to work and it immediately all just went to shit. Because as you mentioned, we have this manager who is bringing chaotic energy. And there's just a lot of stuff suddenly due. And it's just a lot. It's a lot. 
But in terms of annoyances, I had a very bizarre interaction with a man last Tuesday when I was waiting for the bus. Now, as you know, Wellington's buses run on an aspirational bus timetable, <laughs> which means currently my bus every three and four is cancelled and often you're waiting like an hour for a bus, which is terrible because you don't know. You just mm. don't know. They're sometimes on the board and you're just waiting and then they'll get cancelled at the last minute. Sometimes they'll just disappear off the board completely while you're still waiting and no bus has come past, so fucking ghost bus. Like, great, <laughs> love it. And I had decided to walk home last Tuesday because it was quite a nice day but then I've been doing this new gym program doing a lot of squats my legs were very tired I made it halfway up the hill and I was like now nah, fuck this I'm getting the bus so then I had to wait at a bus stop that doesn't have a board that tells you when the buses are coming but that's fine I was just like eh, whatever I'll just wait when yeah. the bus turns up it'll turn up um then a man stood next to me approached after I'd been there for about 10 minutes and he was like talking at me and I have my headphones on And, you know, obviously have my headphones on, very clearly have my headphones on. And he was just like standing in front of me talking. So I take my headphones off and he's like, when's the bus coming? I'm like, I don't know. There's no board. I don't know. He's like, oh, it's just like, you know, I'd love to know. Do you know, has there one been? I'm like, if one has been, would I be here? So I'm like, fine, I'll look it up. So yeah, it's like brought up the website, had a look. I'm like, oh, there's one due in five minutes. He's like, oh, okay. So I put my headphones back on thinking, this will be the end of our interaction. Wait for the bus. Bus doesn't turn up. He's like, where's the bus? I'm like, hmm, I don't know. I have the same amount of information that you do. I didn't say this. I was just like, oh, you know, loads of buses are cancelled at the moment. It's just a bit of a thing. He's like, oh, the trains are the same. It's just been so terrible. I'm like, "Mm, okay, put my headphones back on. Then a bus comes. The bus is, of course, full because we're, like, halfway up the hill. So the bus is packed with people, like, commuters. He doesn't let us on the bus, the bus driver. He drives off and, the, like, the other guy's like, well, when's the next bus? Which bus can I get? I'm like, where are you trying to go? He's like, Marston Village and Karori. I'm like, okay, cool. You can take the 2, the 33, the 34. It's like, great. Do they all come past the stop? I'm like, fucking look at them. Like, you know, they put the little yeah, thing yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, the timetable, yeah. I'm like, yeah, there you go. They all come past you. You can get on any of them. They'll all go there. He's like, oh, okay. When's the next one? Oh, my God. So back to MetLink I go, and I'm like, oh, there's one in two minutes. Um, We'll see. It says it's on time. Okay, the bus, thank the Lord, turns up. I put my headphones back on thinking again, you know, but he keeps talking at me even though I have my headphones on. Then the bus turns up. It's packed again, but the bus driver lets the two of us on because it's only us at the bus stop. Like, we're standing right at the front by the driver because there's nowhere else to go. Foolishly think this is the end of it. I've got my headphones back on. No, he's still talking at me. He's like, oh, look how full the bus is. This is, like, terrible. You know, this is what the government gets for, like, not letting immigrants in. I'm like, hmm. I think this is more to do with the bus company not paying drivers enough and therefore no one wants to be a bus driver. And then the bus driver chimes in and he's like, that's what you get voting for this government. Holy shit. And then these two men, the bus driver and this fucking man who won't leave me alone, start having a massive debate about like politics and just like right wing nonsense. And I'm caught in the middle and I just want to put my headphones back on. And it was just like horrible. I don't know why this man thought that it was my responsibility to talk to him or help him. I don't mind helping people if they, you know, are asking for directions or whatever. But when I'm repeatedly putting my headphones back in, surely at some point you're going to go, this person doesn't want to talk to you. Anyway, it was horrible. I had to listen to them all the way to my stop and then I got off. Wow. Um, So I've not heard that story until now in real time. That is bizarre. Like on so many levels. I know. Like, yeah, I totally understand. Like, if someone's like, oh, do you have the time? Because, like, their phone's dead or something. Mm-hmm. And you'd ever, they'd be like, oh, my phone's dead. Could you just tell me, like, is the bus coming soon? And that's, like, a one-off, you know, and that's totally fine. Like, no, we're not assholes. Yeah. But, yeah, that constant, like, absolute lack of, 
oh, maybe she's got better things to do than listen to me talk at her when she's obviously not consenting yeah. to being part of this fucking conversation. And making, like, your admin my job. Like, yeah, I yeah, don't... yeah, 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 yeah. Multiple times. And then also being trapped in this conversation on the bus, which didn't even make sense. And I was so disappointed in the bus driver because I'm like, the federal, like, the, you know, the national government has got nothing to do with the local government's bus situation. I don't understand what you want. And then they were also like, you know, I don't know why we're investing in cycle lanes. No one cycles as we are literally sitting behind a cyclist up the hill. And he's like, no one cycles. There's no point. And I'm like, look, look, literally look to the... your eyes. <laughs> There's literally one in front of us. Honestly. Uh, and also, like, they've got a shortage of drivers because people are sick. Like... Yeah, and also they just like don't pay enough, so no yeah, one wants so no to drive. Wants to be a bus driver. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Did not enjoy it. Also, not surprised that annoying man has right wing views. I know. Just it's often a, a Venn diagram that is a circle. <laughs> yeah, literally of dickheads and righties. <laughs> yeah, often the case. Hey. Wow. Anyway, dude, I'm terribly sorry. You're never gonna get that half an hour to forty five minutes of your oh, life back. Oh God, it was so horrible. I was in such a mood when I got home. Yeah. That's when you need, like, a home punch bag. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be like, rah! Anywho, so on that lovely note, let us uh, cool. crack into an episode summary. So this week we are watching episode three of season two, School Reunion. The Curlitanes, aliens with a mix and match physiology, are trying to crack the Godmaker, a paradigm to give them ultimate power. They are using children as a computer, and only the Doctor and Rose, reunited with Sarah Jane Smith and K-9, can prevent them from becoming masters of time and space. Ooh. Big deal. Uh, yes. Rose and the kitchen star. Yeah. I mean, it's a very bizarre interaction, but, like, <laughs> nothing's wrong here. Ah! Screams in the background. Nothing's wrong. It's fine. <laughs> Move along. Explosion. Yeah. <laughs> Go away. Uh, but yes, passes. Even, oh, I don't know if those were miscellaneous people were named. Yeah, they're but they not were, like, named. kind of main. They were, like, one of the 13, so. Yeah, they were. I mean, like key aliens the point wasn't that oh i mean you know the leader is a man but i mean yeah i mean because all the conversations rose and sarah jane have are oh a, no, a no, no, no pass no, there. No, no fucking way because it's just jealousy 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 yeah no they're really not into it um okay so i might just touch on the theme and then come back Please. to it properly but yep. then we'll go to some overall episode thoughts so my my theme is going to be that i picked this one is women's work because I think it ties in, in quite well in this episode. But before we get to that, maybe some general episode thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, Doctor Who is just so predictable on the whole. It alternates between like a period or a future <laughs> app and then a modern day app set in like miscellaneous England or Cardiff because they're like the budget can't stretch to period <laughs> costumes and CGI every week. Yeah, so you, we get these like alternate ones that always feature Mickey and some like budget as monsters. But homegrown. Then, yeah, literally. <laughs> so yeah, that made me laugh. Shape-shifting monster teachers eating children's souls. I, 30 seconds in, even before, like, the proper intro, <laughs> I knew the set was going to be weird when creepy headmaster says, poor thin child, and lures her to a room. And I was like, oh, no. No. Yeah, my notes are Anthony Head, because I love him, and then, oh, yeah. no, Anthony Head eating children. <laughs> yeah. Mine are Anthony Head, headmaster, Jaws from Buffy, acting the pants of everyone else, lol. Because he really is. Like he he's like it's like Patrick Stewart being named yeah. some like someone's GCC production of like the Tempest. I want Patrick like, Stewart to be in an episode of Doctor Who and Charles Dance. Fuck it, let's go no, all out. Oh my god, Charles Dance, always a baddie. Also some really fun flashbacks to being at a state school. 
in yeah. England in the mid noughties like that school I mean our uniforms were a slightly different colour but that literally could have been my school wow. from like the hairstyles to the like I so I left high school as in like then went to sixth form college when I was 16 in 2005 mm. so yeah this was what 2006 so. yeah yeah, it was a bit like oh. <laughs> <laughs> a look into your life. Yeah, could have been yeah. you being yeah. eaten. Oh my god, it could have been being used as a supercomputer. Oh my god, but also those computers. I remember like when we used to have like IT class with those computers. Like when IT was a specific thing you went and did. It wasn't just like your life. <laughs> yeah. Like you'd be like, oh, time to do go to the computers. <laughs> computers used to take up so much space. So much space, right? You had to have a whole desk for it at home because you had the CPU and the, the screens were so massive, so dusty, so loud. Let alone modem dial-up. Yeah. Like, get off the phone! I want to Google something! I think, generally, the calibre of ten of season two with ten is a higher baseline calibre than season one. Mm. But I also, like, didn't love this app. I definitely didn't hate it, but I was a bit just like... It's a non-event. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't even remember it. So that's no, always I didn't a, remember it at all. It's yeah. always a good sign. I was like, like, oh my god, what's happening? I have no idea. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, some some general thoughts. Mm. Um. So topic of discussion for this week: mm-hmm. women's work. So thought of this literally like five minutes into the app because Rose is a dinner lady. Yeah. So they're undercover at this school because reasons miscellaneous. Mickey somehow got hold of them. And then, like, I've got a lead. <laughs> and then they've come to investigate. And so they've been undercover at the school for three days, I think. And Ten is being a teacher. And Rose's reluctantly been a dinner lady for that mm. time. And so then we see... And also they call them dinner ladies. It's not like, you know, like, kitchen staff or whatever. Yeah. So it transpires that the aliens are shapeshifters and are like in human bodies mm-hmm. but it happens to be that all of the kitchen staff alien shells are female presenting and then the headmaster is the lead one he's man and then all the teachers that we see are male presenting mm. and i was like hmm it is interesting because yeah i mean rose is obviously reluctant to be a dinner lady she's not having, yeah, yeah, loving yeah. it. i did think maybe there's a class element to that as well being that she Ooh. is quite you know chav so she can't be a teacher like that's quite gross because teachers are often you know it's a a female dominated field so it is a weird thing that all the men in this episode are teachers it's quite old-fashioned yeah yeah, it is it's very weird Mm. and that's because they're like shape-shifting aliens they don't need to be like they've just taken on a form of whatever so it was a writing and casting decision Mm. to put them in these Role, like to have them all the kitchen people be female and all the yeah. and the nurses female as well and I was like this is just weird yeah yeah so that made me think about that that idea of what do we see as what traditionally and now as women's work versus men's work what value or lack of value does that inherently bring yeah I know we've talked about it before you know work that isn't uh, rewarded in the same way like the emotional labour that women do this like second shift mm-hmm. of childcare and domestic work and then also like this is Sarah Jane. So we have Sarah Jane reunion in this episode. A assistant slash companion from Yore. Mm-hmm. And like, there's weird vibes there too. That this kind of uh, litany of, of women end up being like this assistant mm-hmm. to the doctor's like, you know, main character energy. Yeah. Always, almost always women, right? And yeah. this thread. Up to that... this point, for sure. I think there used to be a, a, a male companion in the past as well, but always oh. with a woman. Oh, not, okay, yeah. Never a single man traveling with the doctor on his own. So okay. sometimes there are multiple companions, like Mickey with Rose. Yeah. Or Jack with Rose, but you'll never see a man alone with the doctor, which I think is interesting. And even when Jodie Whittaker took over, why not give her a male companion? No, yeah. she had to have three. 
because it's like, no, we, we've already pushed the boat out too far with like having a woman in, so now we have to go hard on the companions. Like, it was a, an odd decision. But we'll get to that when we get to that season in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and this like undercurrent of like women being abandoned by the doctor. Like, Sarah Jane, you know, did I do something wrong? Why didn't you come back for me? It's quite horrible in a way. Oh, honestly, that's a great point. I've written that down in, in my notes here that it's a really rough reunion. Like, mm. and it constantly comes up through the episode. Like, she said that she's waited for the doctor she felt so abandoned she didn't have a family she didn't move on she didn't do anything and this is like the destruction that he leaves in his wake yeah and he's like a little bit bummed but then it's just like see ya (laughs) like yeah I I think he because he's like no but like you got great adventures it's the same what we saw with Rose and Mm. Bad Wolf right which is like my life has been changed I can't just be a normal Mm. person I have to go and she goes all out to go and rescue him because she can't face a normal life yep yeah. yeah, and yeah, it's definitely something. But when you mentioned this topic, what I thought of was often women, once they take over roles that used to be male-dominated, you'll see that those roles end up being devalued and being mm. less well-paid. So this yep. has happened with computer programming, which was often a menial, like, women's dominated field because it was very like secretariat heavy you know punch cards and stuff and then when men started doing computer science it suddenly became prestige and became better paid teaching Mm. was dominated by men and then became a woman's role yeah that also dropped down in pay nursing is another one doctors i found this interesting article in the new york times which is like as women take over a male dominated field the pay drops it's from 2016 so the the pay Mm. figures will be a bit out of date but also i think probably not that much because as we know covid has predominantly affected women Mm -hmm. like the pay that women receive yeah but it talks about the study that shows that when women enter fields in greater numbers the pay declines for the very same job that men were doing before and it says things like considering the discrepancies in jobs requiring similar education responsibilities or similar skills it's only gender that makes a difference so in information technology managers which are mostly men are 27 percent higher paid than human resource managers which are mostly women at the other end of the wage spectrum janitors which are usually men are 22 percent more well paid than maids and house cleaners who are usually women and there's just like all these horrific examples and stuff from recreation so park leaders or leading camps which went from a male dominated field to a female dominated field between 1950 and 2000 and the medium hourly wages in this field declined 57 percent jesus Oh, dude, that's so interesting. Yeah. What is going on Job from ticket agents also went from mainly male to female during this period, and wages dropped 43%. Um, There's another one about designers. Wages fell 34%. Housekeepers, 21%. Biologists, 18%. And the reverse is true when, you know, when the jobs attracted men. Yeah, And it's like predominantly white-collar fields as well. So the gender pay gap is the largest in higher-paying white-collar jobs. And people will say, oh, it's because women want more flexible jobs or they don't want the responsibility. But that's not actually what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, when it's like, oh, they want to do less hours so they can go pick up the kids. Firstly, were they the ones always picking up the kids? Yeah. Secondly, like you said, the the point of this study is that they made it, that it was apples and apples apart from gender being the only differentiating factor. Yeah. And it's like, Mm. it comes down to discrimination. There's another research program that was done and they found that it's the result of discriminationary hiring practices as well because people are less likely to hire women for higher paying jobs or those like you know top level jobs yeah. because they think oh they're going to go pick up the kids they're yeah, going to do yeah. this yeah. it's these preconceived ideas that make these decisions for them so you know men and women are paid differently not just when they do different jobs but when they do the same job yeah interesting I've definitely been privy to those kind of conversations or tones of like oh well maybe you know 
is she gonna have kids which obviously is something legally no one can discriminate against that but like but they still do they're having the conversations exactly and they'll mm-hmm. find some other reason mm-hmm. yeah I was in a hiring conversation once when I was on an interview panel and they were like well I just don't want to hire a mum for this job because you know the hours are so mm-hmm. unsociable we can't really have a, a parent in the role and I was like hmm can we say that? I don't no, think we can. You 100% can't. Yeah. No, it even got said to me directly, like a few years ago when I was in a different job, and my partner at the time was a doctor, still is a doctor. He, like, it's kind of common that he, he's a doctor in hospital, so like they rotate around every couple of years depending mm. on what they're doing. And after a while, I realized, like, I was kind of interested to move into a different department, and like a role was coming up, but then the supervisor of that role was kind of telling me that it was about to be advertised, but he made like a weird passing comment about, you know, if you'll be around and I was like what do you mean and he was like oh just assuming you know like when your partner you know has to has to move on soon that then obviously you'll just be going and I was like a you know nothing about you're just making an assumption based on mm-hmm. my partner's work but also you assume that any decision that my partner's work would, would supersede mine well May, like what it's really interesting because the same article talks about that that when it comes to moving for jobs people are more likely to move for men's mm-hmm. jobs than women's because they are better paid and it's just like the assumption that their careers are more important and even talking yeah. about physicians you know it's like female doctors are earning 71 percent less than male physicians and lawyers earn 82 percent less than male lawyers like fuck what? off 82 percent that is bullshit yeah okay anywho fun times yeah it's really interesting yeah yeah it makes me angry and it's like people be like you should just know your worth and ask for more money but sometimes they straight up just won't give it to you Mm. because they have preconceived ideas because they, because they think your worth is less. Yeah. They like think you not, can't work yeah. as hard. I don't know what the argument is. Because, like, the same article talks about the fact that women are traditionally better educated now than men, like, on yeah. on average. You know, are in higher, like, higher level jobs and stuff. But yet the pay gap persists. And people will be like, oh, the pay gap's a myth. It's not real. But it is fucking real. Like, mm-hmm. we see it all the time. Like, And this is the thing. They say you're not supposed to talk about what you get paid. Because this is why. But yeah, they yeah, can yeah. keep perpetuating this yeah, nonsense. No, no, no. I, I have a rule that I've had for a few years now. Where I tell everyone my salary as soon as they ask. Mm. If anyone's like, oh, I'm going into a new role, like, and I'll be like, oh, I negotiated for this one a year ago. They offered me X. I negotiated yeah. for X. They said they couldn't go above X. And then, like, it's not a secret. Yeah. I refuse to, like, do this thing of them, like, trying to... Well, in a previous, yeah. a couple of roles ago, like three roles ago, one of my male colleagues was getting paid 75k more than his female colleague doing the same job. Fuck off. That's yeah. ridiculous. And he was quite embarrassed when he found out. He's like, oh, I didn't realise. But I'm like, well, it's not really on you. It's on the organisation who offered that to you. He's like, oh, but I also asked for it. Yeah, but sometimes you like they tell you, oh, you're at the top of the band. I fucking hate that. Yeah, There's yeah. no room to negotiate. You're at the top of the band. Move the band. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if they know your worth and they want you, yeah. About my pay soon, so that'll be fun. Yeah, to support you. <laughs> just tell me, tell me what I need to burn down, <laughs> metaphorically and physically. The patriarch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in this episode, like, I definitely remembered less of of Doctor Who being quite like I don't know, like traditional sometimes in how it kind of puts stuff across. Sometimes it really comes across as older than being like. I mean, older. Fuck, it was like what sixteen years ago. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? know what like, you mean. Yeah. This kind of vibe of oh, it's like actually quite. I guess like there's just comments, you know, like the weird interaction that the writers decided to write between Sarah Jane and Rose of being like competing for the doctor. Mm. It's just like, what the fuck? This is an interesting point, and I, I do wonder if it is because no shade on Russell T. Davis, but he is a queer man. Yeah, okay. 
And I wonder if that's what it comes from. Because he does, you don't have a female perspective, so you've got yep. a man writing about it, regardless of whether he's queer or not, you know? And, like, I'm sorry, this is controversial, but a lot of queer men are very misogynistic. Just because they're queer does not mean they're not misogynistic. No, this is true. Yeah, so I was really not a fan of that interaction where, you know, they're like, oh, you know, you're just, you know, his current one. Like, he'll drop you like he dropped me. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, trade you in for a younger model because yeah. that's what always happens. Do you also think maybe because Doctor Who has this long history, like we're talking decades, decades. of yeah. history going back and back and old companions and stuff, maybe that kind of tradition is what weighs it down and makes it feel a little bit outdated because it does have to pull in those things that it used to believe? Great point that it to- it can't totally retcon how it used to be, yeah. which is like they used to have the Doctor's like young female assistants and... Yeah, that's true, and they're trying to, like, marry that together and then, like, drag it forward, which they're doing a lot more effectively, I would say, recently. Mm. Like, this reboot was still, like, finding its feet. And, you know, 16 years ago, it was a different time. Like, it was. Like, pre the full Me Too search, like... Yeah, yeah, but there are particular things, like... Oh, fuck, even, like, bringing Mickey into this. Like, they're in the cafe, and suddenly Rose really fancies some chips. And then he's like, if I were you, I'd go easy on the chips. Yeah. So but that she a, stays thin? There's like, a lot compared of, to Sarah yeah. Jane? Like a lot of fat shaming in this yeah and in general we've noticed that before there's a lot of like nonsense like that which is very it's kind of 90s so it's weird to see it in the 2000s but i think that is a a testament to the writer i think that is a writer bias coming into it and the age thing and like yeah i've noticed what i wanted to talk to you about actually is i've noticed that in our recent episodes when we were doing nines episodes, we kept talking about how he's very flirty with Rose. Yeah. We've not done that with Ten. It's like we're mm. more accepting of Ten being flirty, even though, like, there was a full on kiss with Cassandra and Rose's body on, like, New Earth in that episode. We didn't even talk about that. And do you think it's because Ten is, like, I don't know, is he less threatening than Christopher Eccleston was? Is that why it doesn't bother us so much? Are they closer in age? Is that why we're kind of like, eh? I don't know. I feel like it is. This is a fascinating point. Thank you for raising it. I feel like it is less overt. I think, like, their comments about, like, dating and more overt romanticness is a bit less with Ten. But I do have a note here where I was going to talk about, like, they have far more, like, loving interactions, like, mm. more romantic interactions. So, you know, when Rose confronts the Ten and says, you know, am I just the latest in a long line? Yeah. And he is a very, like, great acting from Dave T. He's very, like, no, like... Because and he just can't say I love you, but yeah, um, there's the implication that she's different, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and they are, yeah, they are flirty, but it is different. It is a different vibe. I'm not sure if it's like I don't know because it's not like Chris Eccleston was like macho alpha no. kind of at all. And yeah, David Tennant is like I mean he's like Funner. lighter. Yeah, he is lighter, lighter in spirit, yeah. and he's a bit more. I mean, his masculinity looks different. Yeah, it was the interesting thing that I noticed. That I'm like, hmm. It is Um, interesting. Good good point, mate. Well, Sarah Jane was the companion for the third and fourth Doctor, so we're going back quite ages. A while. Yeah, so we're at ten. Six incarnations in between. She must have been young ass. Mm. And I do, like, mm, she is a very attractive woman, but she's obviously trying to look younger than she is. Like, she's wearing a decent lot of makeup. She's wearing very young, younger clothes. But she must be well in her 60s. And then I was a bit like, oh, just... 
she either the actress or the role has decided she needs to dye her hair, mm. hiked up to hair color, and I'm like, well, and then and then they have her in character saying things like, oh, how young is this one? Yeah, being bitchy about it, and yeah. I was like, this is real not great. I did not like the bitchiness. I did not like the fact that Rose was so threatened and they were fighting. Like they should have bonded. Like it would have been yep. such a great opportunity for Rose to talk to someone else who's been in the position that she is, someone who understands. And they do get to that in the end. Finally, like, like the last ten seconds when she's like, let me know if you come back and you're obviously devastated have you yeah. like hit me up <laughs> but it was it was just really hard slogging going getting to that point you know I think as women we're just tired of being told that we have to compete to each other I think as a society we've kind of moved past that point where you know we're competing for male attention it's like I would hope so anyway that we're not doing that anymore but yeah or at least aspiring to that right and at least not fucking getting it in the media we consume yeah yeah, yeah. exactly like being fed it as entertainment yeah like, it's like in Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's we must all be feminists is that what it's called short little treats is great it's the one that's used by Beyonce in Flawless mm. um, but she talks about the fact that you know we teach women that we are competition not for jobs or for things mm. that would actually kind of, might be useful to have that competition to spur you onto greater yeah. things but for attention for men and then we also teach women that you must be self-sufficient but not too much you can't earn too much because then you threaten the man so it's always about mm. like being good enough but not better than a man yeah. right it is fucking exhausting <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Just on the kind of Rose and Mickey front again, we've got that weird off again. I'd, I'd put weird toxic relation vibes in my notes mm. because they just touch on that again of like, oh, you know, did you actually need me to come investigate the school or did you just want to see me? Or like, And so they're like, she seems happy to have him in her life again for a bit. But by the end of the app, and they're like, Sarah Jane, come with us. And Sarah Jane is like, thanks, but no thanks. And then Mickey's like, please take me. And it's so sad because then the doctor's like, yeah, all right. And then Rose is like, yeah, fine. And obviously it is not fine. Yeah. Yeah, she's really unhappy about Mickey coming along. She's like, ugh. Yeah. What, what is their relationship? Are they dating? Are they know. not dating? It's what is happening? He is obviously in love with her and he can't move on. She, like, what, likes the attention, likes having him in her life, but doesn't want to... It's annoying. ...locked down by it. They just need to communicate more. Maybe it's a fluid thing. Maybe they can see other people. That's great. But just fucking talk about it. Yeah. And don't have And do it on screen on. so yeah. I know what's going on. <laughs> No, I know, and just don't be like, yeah, I don't know. It's bad relationship role modeling, and I do not like it. I agree. And also, like, Mickey being like, oh, I'm the tin dog, because he's like, oh! what am I in this relationship? <laughs> it's like, and you have this tin dog, you're like, oh no, I'm the tin dog. And then he has a whole skit with K9 in the car. It's bizarre. Yeah, there's lots of bits of that that I was just like, what? We're kind of oscillating between, like, deep trauma that Sarah Jane's been carrying for decades yeah. <laughs> then through to, like, this weird, light-hearted... I do think it's good for the Doctor to see the consequences of leaving his companions and the yeah. way that he uses people. He doesn't freaking learn, though, because we'll see this with Martha, which is one of the things that drives me up the wall. But, yeah... He's just not a nice person sometimes. Yeah, no, I think... Well, he's not I a think, human, right? Uh, no, 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 he's not. He's not. He's. I think he's an asshole. And great, great segue to another point. In another great acting moment, the headmaster and Ten having that interaction with the headmaster being like, oh, like the Time Lords were always so like kind of weird and, you know, yeah, it's... what's got, you know, what's happened. And then Ten was like, I used to have so much mercy. Yeah, I love that. That's one of my, that's my standout moment where he's like, you people were peaceful to the point of indolence. You seem to be something new. And he says, I'm so old now. I used to have mercy. You get one warning. Like impeccable acting yeah, from the two of them. Yeah, it's fucking impeccable. I know. 
It's that great. was a great moment. Also, that bit where he goes, you know, you can spend the rest of your life with me, but I can't spend the rest of my life with yours. I've got to live on alone. Sort of as his justification Ooh. for being like, that's why I leave you, because yeah. I can't bear to see you. Mate, we've all got dogs, okay? We yeah, all live yeah. this life no, with our pets. Which, you know, is the, the companion, companion of pet. A pet. Mm. Oh, my God. Yeah. So no, but then again, he's like, "So I have to just drop and run because I would otherwise would get upset feelings." It's like, dude, well maybe you just like don't fucking lock onto one human after the other and break their hearts. You're obsessed with humans. Maybe go get some other friends. Yeah. Live longer. Stop. Like he's choosing this, right? He's choosing to make these strong attachments. He replicates the same behavior. It's like yeah. he, he doesn't learn. Go to therapy. Yeah. I did like that throwback to the kind of the death of Earth um, episode from season one where it's like everything has its time and everything ends yeah that was lovely yeah another problematic one doctor to mickey did you scream like a little girl Mm. i was so scared mickey the hacker again though oh my god mickey the hacker yeah no (laughs) me this is one of my standout moments when he's like his revelation that he's the tin dog then he makes a joke about being at the back with safety scissors and glitter which feels like maybe Not all right. (laughs) Then he's like, I'm the tech man who then unplugs the computers from the wall. And you have that scene where he's like, tracking the cable, tracking the cable, tracking the cable across the ceiling. It's been like 13 to the floor, (laughs) tracking the cable, plug point, unplugs. And the kids are like, free! Quite great, though. I love that. It's good health and safety to tape those cables down. And our office, as you know, cables. We have a taut, like, plug at shin height. Right behind my desk, Literally, I'm waiting for someone to... I have staged a reenactment in advance of what would happen if somebody got cut off at the knees by it and then they would put in an ACC claim. Did you think, speaking of computers, that it was a bit technology scaremongery? I felt like it was a bit mm. like, oh, computers are bad, the internet is bad, it's going to rot our children's brains kind of thing. And as oh. we know, as millennials, we were taught, you know, don't talk to strangers on the internet, don't do these things, like computers are going to ruin you. But I think millennials are the ones who are using the internet the best because the Gen Z's are not good at fact-checking and neither are the boomers, but we seem to be all right in yeah. the middle. We're, like, adept but sceptical. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, it was a little bit like that. Also, there was the weird feeding them up with the chips thing and, like, Kenny saved the day, like, geeky, nerdy, bit fat Kenny because he wasn't allowed to eat the chips. And I was like, he's, like, a normal size, you know, like... Yeah. It's just needless fat shaming. Needless diet culture. I'm fucking sick of it, man. And then, like, the pretty girl at the end is like, Kenny, did you? And then Kenny's like, oh... Living every nerdy boy's fantasy. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Fuck. <laughs> Save me. Yeah. And then canine. We have not talked about canine. Never mind the tin dog. We're busy. So was canine back in the day? Yeah. A but... serious. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like banter. No, no. I think he was for a whole season. Let me look it up. Because he comes across as literally ridiculous. Well, it would this have been weird, fine like, in, like, the 60s, right? Well, because it was seemingly futuristic. Yeah, exactly. It's like the Jetsons. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, so K-9 first appeared in 1977. Oh, that's the, the year the first Star Wars film came out. Great year for sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then shared universe appearances in 1981. And then it was Sarah Jane had her own spin-off after this, the Sarah Jane Adventures, which was a kid's show. Oh. And K-9 was in that. And then there was a K-9 show, apparently, 2009 to 2010. Bizarre. But yeah. I find him very hard to take seriously. Like, he's very smart, obviously. He can, like, analyse stuff if you if you poke it up his spout. <laughs> it's just one of those things that made sense at the time because you would have been like, oh, yeah, it's futuristic, of course, like, yeah. two dogs. But in the context of modern life, that as a computer... 
that is not functional. Like a, a no, dog he moves is not really slowly. He's also really low to the ground. How can he navigate a speed bump or stairs? Or maybe he does the Dalek thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just not. His ears look ridiculous. It's just not useful. Until the upgraded version, and then his ears look better. Yeah, and he does the thing. He just, you know, he's suicide missions. Aww. And then he just gets replaced with Bad a better dog. one. Affirmative. That was funny, though. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. So I hope, I hope that Sarah Jane can, or maybe can go to therapy now. She can, like, like, this is some closure for her. I mean, she's missed the boat on, like, having a family of her own, but maybe she didn't want that. Well, she adopts a bunch of kids. Or I, I don't know if, like, she officially adopts them, but in the Sarah Jane Adventures, she basically runs a detective agency with three children who solve these kind of, like, supernaturally kind of alien-related crimes. You know, all the stuff that the doctor's too busy to do. like Child labour. Yeah, you know, the classic. Mysterious Five or she, whatever they were she's called. She's not dodger of, but less illegal. <laughs> um, mysterious. What are they called? The Magnificent Five. The Famous Five. That's the Magnificent it. Seven. Yeah. On on horseback, and Famous Five is like five rich white kids written by Ina Blyton having spiffing adventures. The Babysitters Club mysteries. You know, all these things that seem to happen that I was very upset by my boring life because nothing interesting ever happened. I did always appreciate that they, like, go back in time for tea. They're like, and everything's fine, and it's home for tea. appreciate that. I read a lot of Nancy Drew, so, you know, that was my go-to. I did not read those books. Yeah. Only Nancy Drew. Chloroform every time. That cannot be good for her. Sniff this rag. (laughs) It cannot be good for your long-term health to be chloroformed that much. I'm just saying. Oh, weird. Why is a girl getting chloroformed? Also, is chloroform just really easy to get? Like, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, what, where are they? I can't find some chloroform. Not that Weird. I want any, but... Yeah, it's like when you were saying about the arsenic in the Victorian times. Is chloroform just really yeah, like, just easy like, to uh, get in the 1940s? Yeah, probably. Oh my god, it was Nancy Drew set in the 1940s? No, well, that's when it started. It's like one of those oh. things that just keeps going. Oh, and they keep having different authors who are the authors of Nancy Drew. Mm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but you're right under the name, which name is Name of the thing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but anyone can write I mean, that's them. that's a pretty sweet gig if you can write in the style, right? It's great. Like, there's loads of them that are, like, the Nancy Drew Files, which was, like, peak 90s girl boss energy, but she's, like, really great. And then, yeah. I assume the ones being written now are just set in current times. I really hope that, like, she's non-binary and, you know, and, like, <laughs> queer and, yeah. It'll be a different spin-off. Yeah. Cool, okay, well I think, I mean we feel like we've kind of touched on my ones already, but let's go to standout moments. Yeah, as I said, that Anthony Head, David Tennant moment, you know. Yeah. I just love that. When we see these flashes of I just fucking seen shit. The Doctor has seen shit. And I just love when he's like I used to have mercy. He's kind of like, now I'm done with that. I'm done with all of that. Because it just doesn't work for me. Well, and that's the that's picking, I like it when you can see the through lines of character and attribute that comes from 9 to 10. Mm. Like they are very different physically very different men they're very different actors and they are bringing their own flavor but we saw that with nine like yeah. you do not get a fucking second chance yeah and you know and that trauma same. right like yeah. that trauma that nine carried hasn't actually gone away not at all it's just displayed differently yeah and you don't even have to scratch the surface no to find it it is like yeah yeah cool so mine was the whole mickey situation like from start to finish just brilliant and then the very start of the episode was Ten as a teacher and being like, correct a mundo. Never said that before and I'll never say it again. That is big me energy. I feel like I often say things and I'm like, why did I say that? Like, when, what was it? What's hip hop happening? Like, why have I said that? I've literally never said that before in my life. You said that to me yesterday. We went to the supermarket and we came back to work and we're getting in the lift. And then Jen's like, what's hip hop happening? I was like, what? So David Tennant is a great comedy actor. 
Like, mm. he's a great serious actor, but he has great timing, too. And like you said, there's this lightness yeah. of the way he plays the Doctor that he brings this kind of... I think it's just his yeah. big smile. He's got a great smile, right? So it's just, like, it's easy to believe him. Yeah. He's still just looking so fucking youthful. I know. So Because I've seen him more recently in other stuff, and he's just, like... Yeah, it's almost like 16 years has passed. No, but, like, more than that. <laughs> I feel like more than that. Oh, my God. I'm not age-shaming you, David, if you're listening. Oh, David, please be listening. <laughs> oh, my God, can you imagine? In, like, Aberdeen or wherever he lives. <laughs> Aberdeen. Georgia, are you there, too? <laughs> Hi. Aberdeen, is that bad? Why? I don't know. It's like, well, like, we're glad your son is now in Game of Thrones. That's oh cool. God, yeah. I saw that last night. You haven't seen it yet. You have to no. watch it. We talk about it. Do you breathe? Yeah, cool. Okay. Well, great. I think, again, with these topics, you could go so much with it, and I'm sure... Some stereotypical gender-based roles will come up again. Absolutely. Because we have established that the majority of the people writing for Who are men, and they are bad at writing things. Yeah, they're not great at uh, giving women lives beyond men. Hello, agency. A room of their own, if you will. A tortoise of their own. Uh, Cool. Well, thank you for your time, my friend. Next week, we'll be discussing episode four in season two, The Girl in the Fireplace. But I don't remember this at all. Let us know your thoughts by emailing atardisofonesown at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram. Please send us an email. Uh, (laughs) Check out the show notes for links and for all the references that we discussed in this app. Cool. Have a great week. Great. We'll see you in two weeks. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Have a great fortnight. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.